What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Extra Point College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Carnes, joined as always by my co-host, Daniel Hammock. Daniel, we are 13 days away from week zero at this point, so less than two weeks. We're getting very close. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to talk through our conference champion predictions, so who we've picked to win the conference championships for this one. I know we've done different uh, picks at this point. You and I collaborated for these because Turns out we actually have the same teams playing for the conference championship for every Power Five conference and most of the group of five, but I went ahead and picked our same winners there. We're also going to talk about our XPR, so our extra point rankings, uh, which we released today on Sunday on social media. So we'll reference those, talk some teams of, hey, who's maybe, who's maybe overrated, underrated, what goes into our formula for calculating those rankings. But, man, we're getting close to some college football, and I'm excited to start talking you know, some some final picks and predictions before we start watching some football games. Yeah, this is exciting because anytime we're done with conference previews and we're moving on to XPR and then national picks, because, you know, we've done this a few years now. It's like, oh, we know. I mean, week zero is right around the corner. And then once week zero comes out as that little appetizer to whet your appetite, it's like, before you know it, week one is here because you don't even have to wait the whole week. Thursday night, it gets going, and it, it doesn't stop. And you get the whole weekend, all, you know, all the way through Labor Day night of having college football. And there's just something special about Labor Day weekend. So, it's great. So special. One more thing we're going to do before the season, Daniel. You know, you and I couldn't wait to watch live football. Uh, for 13 more days. So we're actually going to be present at the Corky Kell Classic. So this Saturday here in the Atlanta area, it's going to be at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Some of the some of the best players in the country playing at Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Saturday. So we'll be there. We'll be able to talk about that a little bit next week on the podcast uh, to seeing some of the best high school players in the country here in Atlanta. So love that we live close enough, live in a great recruiting hotbed, and are able to see some of the best players in the country here in Atlanta. So privileged to be able to do that daniel let's start with our conference champions we're just going to go alphabetically here by conference pick our 10 conference champions for fbs for college football Uh, first up the american athletic conference the aac we have ucf and houston in the title game daniel who is our pick for the american athletic conference jacob i'm pretty sure we have houston I don't have this in front of me. Oh, sorry. I would I would be very uh I, I was hyping you up because it was UCF. So oh man. I was I because I really wanted to be UCF and I was thinking yeah, in my yeah. head, I'm like, I'm pretty sure we're high on Houston. <laughs> we are, we are high on Houston. Uh but because they're here. We picked UCF. <laughs> UCF. Yeah. Uh I'm very excited, obviously, John Reese Plumley. Um, uh, but they have a lot of talent that wouldn't normally be with UCF. Um, because of Gus Malzahn, obviously they've got some, uh, you know, big cat Bryant, some other guys like this, but, um, and excited to watch it. Um, apparently that's more of a quarterback battle that's going on, um, between John Rice Plumley and forgive me, I forget the other guy's name. He's more of a passer rather than a runner. So, um, I'm going to keep a close eye on that, but yeah, this would definitely be a fun year for UCF and Houston. Houston should be pretty good this year. Um, it should be a kind of a different look from the group of five. One of those teams could be the one that crashes the party at the end of the year. Uh, UCF over Houston, which we picked. 
I think UCF has a better defense than Houston does. I think I, I, that's my lean here. I trust the coaching of Gus Malzahn and his staff more than Houston. The, the the cool thing about the group of five this year, though, is there's no Cincinnati this year. There is no team that is just head and shoulders above the rest of the group of five. And so I think the battle to see who gets that New Year's six bowl bid will be fun to watch over the season because I think it could be it could be a three-loss team that gets it this year. Like, I, I think it's that tight in the group of five where I think you're going to have a lot of good teams that play each other, especially in the American uh, they're the most stacked this year. I think I put some belt behind them, but excited to watch some of those group of five teams shake out this season. All right, let's go to the ACC where, you know, based on our conference previews, which if you haven't listened to, if you're on YouTube, go ahead and click on our profile there, subscribe while you're there. And then get, we have a playlist for our 2022 season previews. So you can go see our ACC Atlantic and our ACC Coastal, almost at East and West for the ACC. There ain't no East and uh, West in the Atlantic Coast no. Conference. So, ACC, Daniel, where are we going with the ACC? We got Clemson winning it again this year. When I say again, returning, returning to winning it. Yeah, re- yeah, return to glory. This is based solely, I mean, Jacob, I think you and I had this pick based on their defensive uh, – talent alone um what we've decided was similar to how people may have thought about georgia last year um even though georgia did have a top 10 rated offense uh how many points are even necessary for you know georgia to win last year that's what we think of clemson this year how many points are even necessary for them to win each game uh we don't think that they're really going to get locked into any shootouts so they should be able to run the table for the most part and yeah we got them winning yeah, I like how you mentioned it. Barring, you know, injuries, which you can never predict in college football, which happened to Clemson last year, like especially on the defensive line, uh, barring any injuries, this defensive front, front especially, should be like the best in the country. And again, looking at their schedule, I don't see how many teams are going to challenge them. And then getting Miami twice – I think it's really, really hard to beat a team twice. Even if Miami gets them the first time, I think getting them a second time, that defense having a chance to correct. We saw it similarly with, you know, Georgia and Alabama last year, the Georgia defense performing much better that second chance at that offense. Um, Clemson is just an overall – they're in a way better roster position than Miami is right now. So, uh, they're a team that's also been there before, especially that coaching staff. So, they're a team that – uh it's ready for this for this moment, and I think Clemson's back where they should be uh, at the end of the year this year. All right, so we get the American, got the ACC. Let's go to the Big Twelve. So Big Twelve, you and I both had Oklahoma and Texas at different records, I will say. But uh, Daniel, it, right before we recorded, I told you I was getting nervous about our pick here. Uh, which I mean, we can just get to. We're, we're picking Texas. We're picking Texas on the Big Twelve. I was high on Texas last year. I thought they'd be in the Big 12 championship last year. Uh, I then picked Oklahoma to win the conference last year, which ne- neither one of those was correct. Yeah. But I just keep buying. I keep getting my hopes up with Texas. I, I just keep seeing that burnt orange, and I see that, you know, that Texas logo, and I just hear the fight music of Texas fight, and I see Sark, and I see Quinn Ewers, and I see uh, – Bijan Robinson, and I see I that Isaiah Nayer got hurt 
in the scrimmage on Saturday and is out for the season with an ACL injury. So I'm very nervous picking this, but you encouraged me a little bit with, with our pick of Texas. So please reassure me that Texas can beat Oklahoma in a one-game scenario and that they can yeah. get there at this point. <laughs> yeah, so the talent the talent is there. It's in-house. You, you know, rightly mentioned that when we were talking off-air that um, – you know, a lot of their talent is freshmen. And so a lot of those are the backups. Well, for the in this scenario, especially for me, because I have them going eight and four in the regular season, I still feel good about eight and four because of the overall talent of the team. But we're expecting them to be Oklahoma in week 13 or, or 14, whatever it actually is, if you can't include the, the bye week. So by that point, they will have developed that talent and any bumps in the road, they will be smoothed out for them to win in this one game scenario with Oklahoma. We think actually, I mean, personally, I think Oklahoma gets them the first time. I think you may have had that pick as well. Uh, we obviously picked them individually, but we both arrived at the same conclusion that te- uh, Texas will win the big 12 this year. Um, so I have them winning as an eight and four team. I believe you had them, you had them at 10 wins. 10 and two, my friend. 10 and two. So uh, slightly different way to get there, but I do believe um, in this team and especially over the course of this second season under Sark, they need that first year to kind of, you know, do their thing. And the second year is where you kind of see them make their leap. So we both, we both believe in Texas. Um, And this is a good year to try to, to get the best of Oklahoma. Um, So, you know, Oklahoma a little bit down, even though they didn't make it last year they're still the class of the big 12. So this would be a very big deal for Texas. They're 100% the class of the big 12. Uh, I do think Oklahoma has the highest floor in the big 12, despite losing some of their top talent. They still have the highest floor. Obviously with the new coaching staff, you're going to have some, you'll have some hiccups somewhere along the way. Uh, But Oklahoma, I still think has the highest floor. And therefore I think, you know, we're picking Texas, but Oklahoma I still think has the highest floor in the Big 12. I did want to call out that we talked we talked about this last year. The whole it's hard to beat a team twice. Yeah. At least in the Big 12. I, went, I, went and did, I need to go find out the stat exactly because I, I counted it last year. But last year was the first time, to my knowledge, I want to make sure I'm correct on this, but that the winner of the first match lost the second match. And the Big 12 usually – the, per, the team that wins the first time wins the second time, too. Now, four to five times has been Oklahoma, so maybe a little off there. But last year, Oklahoma State did beat Baylor in the regular season, and then Baylor, of course, won the Big 12 championship, uh, which is the first time that that had happened. So curious thing. I, I, I'll go back and look at it after the episode because it's going to bother me. But uh, the whole – I remember when we talked about it last time. It was the whole it's hard to beat a team twice. Actually, the stats don't back that up. It is hard to be a team twice, period, especially if they're good. But it's like the winner of the of the first time won the rematch. I think it was like at a 70% clip or something like that, which shocked me. Uh, I'll, I'll go dig that up for later on the season because I think we might That'll have be a useful. couple rematches. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Big 12 will for sure have a rematch. So <laughs> we know that for sure. All right, let's go to the Big 10. Another one of the big conferences. So you and I both picked Ohio State to win the East, Wisconsin to win the West. Did the Badgers have a chance here, Daniel? You're telling me there's a chance. Um, barring injuries to Ohio State, 
Um, I don't see there being a realistic chance to win outright um, for Wisconsin, just the style that they play. So this is up until now. Their new offensive coordinator comes from the NFL, was a wide receivers coach. He's going to – obviously, he was a wide receiver when he played football. He's going to – he's going to probably want to, you know, have more of an influence in the passing game. Graham Mertz has talent. We'll see what happens as far as that goes. So, by that time, I mean, there is a developmental aspect where they could be a different team than we're used to by that point in the season. Um, I would say that me and you probably both picked Wisconsin – because of their high floor that they traditionally have. And they're more of a quote unquote sure thing than these other schools in the big 10 West. So if we had to, you know, put really put our name to it, Wisconsin's who we're going to go with. Ohio state we think is not just going to be good this year. We think they're going to be special. Um, And so we don't take that lightly with this pick. We don't ever go. And I think you're the same way, Jacob, we don't ever go into anything with the end result as our, you know, guide, Basically, if it's if it's this one game scenario, we truly look at it as how what what are the games prior to this? What are the implications? You know, what could happen? What's the storyline? All this kind of stuff. So we take everything as a whole picture and put it together. Uh, so it's very thoughtful. We're thinking about Ohio State. They they're not just going to be good this year. They're going to be special. Last year, they had a really good team. They got bested by a you know, really good Michigan team. We think they're going to be just a tick too high for that to happen this year um, based on just what they've got returning. So Ohio State. Ohio State. I will have more to say in Ohio State next week (laughs) and probably a lot to say in Ohio State uh, over the season. But, yeah, Ohio State winning the Big Ten. I think they should take that conference back over. I don't see any team out of the West winning this. So even if Ohio State's not there, I see the East champion – I think the East is a clear head and shoulders above, and whoever wins that division, I think, is going to roll through the Big Ten West champion. So, what about the great schedule that Ohio State gets this year? And if you're an Ohio State fan, like a home schedule, I think uh, I was listening to Chuck Oliver this week. He was talking about you got Notre Dame, Wisconsin, and Michigan all coming to your place. Like, how fun is that as a, a season ticket holder? And I'm not sure Penn State is Penn State at home as well. Um, Penn State's in the room. Maybe Michigan State. I don't know. They have they have another good one, but it's it, it's a really great home schedule um, that you get, and that's how special we think this Ohio State team is. It's just they're just going to run that gamut, and it's not going to be it's not going to hold them back. I'll have more to say on Ohio State. <laughs> uh, I'm going to save a little bit of that. Yeah, we're picking yeah, yeah, yeah. the Big Ten. Save some juice. Save some juice. I'll save some juice. Uh, all right, Conference USA. What's Let's talk through some group of five conferences. So Conference USA, we've got UAB and Western Kentucky playing for the Conference USA Championship. And Daniel, we're going with UAB. So my, my thing with UAB, I think UAB could have a top 40 defense in college football. And if you play with the top 40 defense in Conference USA, you can probably run through that conference with, you know, at like a 9-3 clip and, uh, and, and win your conference. So I like UAB. I hate that Bill Clark is gone, but – I think that can be a, you know, the this, this staff stayed together. So I think this can be a, like, rally behind uh, Bill Clark leaving uh, kind of situation here. I like Western Kentucky. Uh, obviously, that offense very high-powered, but I like UAB in the Conference USA. Yeah, that I don't think there's much to say other than that their program has been built to a certain level that 
um, even in such a short time since having, you know, the doors closed and then reopening, Bill Clark, like you were talking about, has done a remarkable job getting them back to, I mean, right away they were contending coming off of the the closure of their program right back to to just being a good program um and so i do think i think the floor is pretty high um for uab just in general like you were talking about top 40 defense it's one of those things you can roll the hats out there and feel pretty confident every week with them so i think it's a a smooth play by us to just bet on that love it all right the mac so uh, the Mid-American Conference, this is always a very fun league because of the parity in this league. Plus, you got Maction on Tuesday, Tuesday nights. nights. And for college football junkies like you and me, I mean, nothing like some Maction on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. <laughs> we started, right. Uh, so we got Toledo and Miami of Ohio uh, <laughs> coming, coming to the championship game. And, At Kelly uh, Yeah, for any office fans out there, uh, Miami in Ohio. Uh, so Toledo, Miami, we're going with Toledo over Miami. Speaking of defense, what if I told you that Toledo's defense ranked 21st in SP plus last year, and they bring back almost everybody from that defense. So, uh, Toledo, I like to come out of the, out of the Mac, almost of the mountain West out of the Mac. Uh, I, I see them being, um, just too overwhelming on defense, especially for this conference. You have a top 20 defense in college football. Uh, and that's by advanced metrics. So it, it takes into account who you play. That'll play in the, in the max. So the offense should be okay, but love their defense. Uh, Toledo over Miami. Same standard. Go, go Rockets. Yeah. <laughs> the Mountain West. So Fresno State, which we talked about, we think is play, we think is are playing for the Mountain West Championship. We talked about them on our Group of Five preview. Air Force, we didn't talk about. And I'm kind of mad we didn't, Daniel, because we're picking Air Force to win the Mountain West. And crazy stat, there are, was it six teams that we favored in every game as of right now, this year? Eight. Eight. And one of them is Air Force, believe it or not. So after seeing that, I started doing some digging. And this Air Force team, Daniel, is going to be pretty good. So, again, if you're being favored in every game, Vegas is obviously a believer a uh, lot of returning production on this Air Force team. Offense should be solid. I mean, you know, different scheme, hard to play with. But as far as talent goes in the Mountain West, Air Force surprisingly has a ton of talent for this conference. So uh, I like Fresno State. Again, in a one-game scenario, if Air Force can be favored in every game, carry that momentum in. What if What if Air Force is playing for a New Year's Six Bowl at the end of the season? That'd be amazing. The Falcons, man. Um yeah, shout out to my cousin, Bo, who went to Air Force. So, you know, that's why I picked them, uh, honestly. So, no, 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 they, uh, they're going to have a phenomenal team this year based on, especially based on what, what we looked at with, with what Vegas believes. So, uh, Vegas is in the business of being wrong. So, if they're favored in all their games, let's see it. Love it. All right. Pac-12, Daniel. We've got Utah and Oregon. Reminder, though, Pac-12 is not doing divisions. So this was just based off of how we picked the teams to finish the season. Even though there's no divisions, we still had Utah and Oregon uh, coming out of the Pac-12. Where are we going with the Pac-12? And you might still see it play this way 
simply because of the divisions are still scheduled like a division, even though they're not counting it standings wise as a division. So right. you might see teams emerge like a North and a South still like a traditional right. look. That's kind of what we went with. Um, but yeah, we got Utah, Utah winning it. Um, we just think they're the most solid team in the Pac-12. And so, uh, you know, that's not the greatest endorsement necessarily, but we're both, you know, high-ish on USC. You're a little higher than I am, but both high on them. But, you know, they're like a high ceiling team and a lower floor team. Utah, their floor is so high. I mean, they're they're basically in this game with their floor this season. So um, that's what we think of them. Uh, interested to see, I mean, I know it's not a conference game. I'm interested to see what they do against Florida because a team like this that we're expecting to be a, a Pac-12 champion playing against, a, at, right at this point, a middle-of-the-road SEC team, um, that's got some juice week one. Love it. Yeah, Utah, I think is, you know, I, we've already picked their games the regular season. I think this is a 10-2 and two team. Right. I think they're a game away from a college football playoff berth in this scenario. So, who knows? They, they could do it. They could do it. I just don't think a two-loss team is getting in. We will have our playoff picks next week, though. So, be sure to subscribe, tune in. Uh, that's coming. All right, Daniel, let's go to the SEC. No surprise here. You and I both have Georgia and Alabama. And in this case, we actually have both having – we both picked them to have the same records. So, we are both – 12-0 for Georgia, 12-0 for Alabama. This could be, you know, I feel like game of the century has been thrown out a lot since uh, 2011 when Bama and LSU played. But, hey, an undefeated, likely number one and two, two team in the country by this point, uh, playing for an SEC championship would be something, except for the fact that it might mean nothing if they're both undefeated because they could both go to the playoff, as we saw last year. Uh, but, Daniel, for the SEC a reminder, Alabama is the reigning SEC champion. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, despite Georgia winning the national championship, so does Alabama keep their SEC crown, or does Georgia say, hey, we, we want that one too? Yeah, well, you when you said there's no surprise here, and I was like, oh, there's a surprise. Uh, <laughs> it's not a surprise who's in the game. We have Georgia winning. Um, you Most publications the dogs. have Alabama, and we – by our convictions and what we looked at, we think that in that first game for sure, when they play in December, we think that Georgia will be more equipped to win that game head to head. Um, we're interested to see obviously how things go playoff wise, but that's why they play the games. But yeah, last year, Alabama, I mean, you could ask how much they care about the SEC championship um, after losing to Georgia so it it can seem meaningless but it can still seem like I mean it's still a trophy that you put up so there's nothing shameful about winning the SEC so uh neither one of these coaches are taking that game off right neither one of these coaches are saying we're just going to coast in this game uh it's not in their it's not in their blood to not no, 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 they can't yeah game. especially they literally can't. especially the opponent they are both wanting to best each other so um but, you know, Kirby is wanting to prove himself again, and Saban is wanting to remind him who's in charge. And so they are both – that's going to be kind of an inner, inner workings there. 
Um, yeah, I think all these players, th- this is why as a college football fan, we deserve to get this game at the end of the year because all these players were like in the same recruiting battles. They were both recruited by Alabama and Georgia. Everybody same, on those both rocks. For the most part, they're all the same region because most of them are from Georgia, Alabama, and Florida. Well, even, and then, you know, both schools are recruited nationally. So everyone's got buddies, but they're all right. talking, saying, you know, you going to Ohio State, Georgia, Bama, Clemson. Like, where, where are you going? Right. Uh, so this is a game as a college football fan I think we deserve. What – why I'm leading Georgia now, one, look, sometimes – like, you and I want to just pick – winners right that's our motivation now my personality sometimes i do want to zig or we you know when people are zagging I, i'm just like it it's not gonna be that obvious uh we we gotta do i want to do something different there was a little bit of that with this pick of like man but i think what started with i want to zag a little bit ended up being why is everyone picking bam over georgia when the gap is obviously not that large Right. And so I think that there there are some valid points as to why you could pick Georgia in the SEC. Obviously, Alabama has the better quarterback. I think the matchup to watch is Bama is going to have a very talented defensive line, very talented linebackers, a very talented pass rush. Georgia will be, the if they get to play, Georgia will be the best offensive line they see all season. And so that will be the first true test and Georgia held up on this offensive line, given a little bit of a different personnel, but this offensive line held up against Alabama uh, in both games that they played them last season. And so everyone's a year more experienced. That's a matchup that as a football fan, I can't wait to watch. Because again, I think while Bama's going to have the best pass rush in the country, that'll be the best offensive line they face. And so can Georgia hold up? I think they can enough to squeak out a win. I don't see either of these teams just being head and shoulders above the other by any means. Uh, but again, in a one-game scenario, hey, maybe we go a little opposite here. Maybe it's Georgia wins the SEC and Bama wins the national championship. How funny would that be? Because be? if, <laughs> if they're both 12-0, and 0, we're likely going to have both teams in the playoff. Uh, the opportunity you know, for a rematch. Worst kept secret. But it on the flip side – you know, you're mentioning the greatest, the good, the good matchup, the good on good. The question on question would be Georgia replacing their front seven. Yep. And then Alabama has a lot of questions on the offensive line. They've got a transfer from Vanderbilt. That's right. I said, Van, I said Vanderbilt, <laughs> not a transfer from even Tennessee or Florida or LSU is from Vanderbilt. Tyler Steen coming in to start at left tackle for them. So while I think he's a good player, I'm not downplaying the player himself, obviously. I just trying to paint a picture. That's how dire it was for Alabama to bring him in. Uh, We also have some questions about receivers and stuff like that. It'll get sorted out over the course of the season. But um, that defensive front for Georgia having to replace everybody, but, you know, Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith going against, you know, a offensive line that will be remade. Um, it might be a, be a much better offensive line because there may be more talent that finally gets to play that wasn't playing last year. I don't know. Um, but that could be, you know, just as interesting to watch. Love it. All right. The SEC, Georgia over Bama. Uh, the Sun Belt, the Fun Belt. You and I are probably second favorite conference of college football. This is the one people have been waiting on hearing. Is That's right. We got the SEC out of the way to talk Thank about God. the Sun Belt. So Sun Belt's been fun. You know, Coastal Carolina a couple of years ago kind of – crashed the party 
and put their stamp on it. You and I were talking. God, is the Sun Belt East better than the SEC West? People are talking. People are talking. I mean, there's a lot of meat on that schedule. It's a stacked division, and and I'm not kidding whenever I say that. When I say it's a stacked division, uh, context for the Group of Five. This is the most stacked division in the Group of Five. They are the SEC and West of the Group of Five. They are, and they're adding teams and getting better. So Sun Belt, you've got in the East, you've got App State, Coastal Carolina, Georgia State who has been improving every year. They're sneaky good. The real GSU. Uh, the real GSU. At Preston Anderson. Georgia State yeah. uh, Panther right there. Uh, Marshall, Old Dominion, not great. James Madison comes up from FCS. And they uh, were the class of the FCS. And Georgia Southern. Clay Helton, now Georgia Southern. Uh, so, all that being said, we are picking App State to win the East. So, I got them at like a 9-3 clip. Um Louisiana coming out of the West. The West is definitely the downside of the conference. Uh, I mean, Texas State, Arkansas State, ULM, Southern Miss should all be below 500. Um, Troy or South Alabama could challenge, but I like Louisiana despite losing their coaching staff. They've recruited at such a level that I don't think they drop below that. Um, they have a high floor that we've mentioned a few times, but we like App State over Louisiana. So Chase Bryce, remember him? Remember Chase Bryce, Clemson Tiger, Duke Blue Devil, App State Mountaineer? He's found his niche at App State, man. And nice guy Chase Bryce, who was throwing picks, is now throwing touchdowns over at App State. This offense should be potent, uh, should be one of the best offenses in the group of five. So App State just getting back to their dominating the group of five ways this year, I think. Chase Bryce is Chase Nice, so let's see it. There's a chance that they're favored. I that's week one. There's a chance they're favored against UNC in week one. Do you know for sure? I don't see how that could happen. Let's see. What do you think I the would point say spread is? North Carolina three and a half. Two and a half. So UNC is favored by two and a half. Crazy. You hear that? Vegas. I could use a job out there. <laughs> Working Daniel, from home here. <laughs> you and I release our I say hour. We're going to talk about it, but the extra point rankings. We've been doing this every year since we've done the podcast. We set out to, when we first talked about it, I said, I want a BCS-like system. The BCS was not so bad. <laughs> um, right. What the BCS got right was it, I mean, number one, I, I felt like most years it got the best teams. The problem was that you could only get two, and there were, there were a couple of years where three deserve to play for the championship, and hence why we got our four-team playoff. Hence why it doesn't need to go above four, because we've never had more than three teams that deserve to play for a title. Anyway, we've never even had four. We've beside only the point, had three. we've only ever yeah. had three. Yeah, beside the point, but uh, need to be said. So we set out to make a BCS-like system. Uh, we were big on, hey, you and I wanted to add input, because we, you know, we feel like, let's rank our teams. It's like the polls. Right, but we can't have... The biggest say. We want the biggest say to be power ratings, uh, your resume, strength of schedule, the talent on your roster. So we put together a lot of stuff, and essentially we, we tried to create a BCS-like system. So really taking into account who are the best teams, not who has the best record. Not all wins and losses are created equally. So who are the best, but also who are the most deserving, and try to mix those two things into one. And so out we got the XPR. So just think. Who are the best teams and who are the most deserving teams put into one poll 
So wins and losses do count. They just don't count for everything. Like, for example, you and I are in the same mindset of, we'll use Georgia-Arkansas last year, right? Georgia was ranked number one or two in the country at the time. Arkansas was ranked eighth. And Georgia beats Arkansas. Traditional mindset would be Arkansas lost. Do you drop them? No. Maybe Arkansas was just, like we already said they're worse than Georgia. Georgia beat them. So why would you drop Arkansas? You already said they were at least seven spots. They weren't better. as good. Yeah. Right. But, you know, a good team like Ohio State loses two games. They're not going to be in the top four. You know right. I mean? So, like, you, you do have to, it's a good mix of that, all that being said. So we released that today. And uh, you can and it's find updated it, weekly. Updated weekly. That's so, right. You can find it at the Extra Point Pod on Facebook and Instagram. You can find it on Daniel and I's Twitters at Jacob Carnes with a K at Deep South Daniel uh, for Daniel on Twitter. And I'm just going to talk through a couple. I was going to ask you, Daniel, uh, some over underrated teams. I'll give you one. And again, because we we only have one piece of input into several pieces of input into our own XPR. So even I'm looking at it going. Man, that team's underrated. <laughs> Man, that team's overrated. Uh, one that sticks out to me, Daniel, is Arkansas. I think Arkansas is underrated in our poll. And yeah. Arkansas is ranked 17th in our XPR. Real quick, I will run through our top 10. So one, Ohio State. That's a difference from a lot of polls out there, having Bama one. But one, Ohio State. Two, Alabama. Three, Georgia. Four, Michigan. Five, Clemson. Six, A&M. 7, Notre Dame, 8, Oklahoma, 9, Utah, 10, Tennessee. So there's our top 10. I'll start with Arkansas. I think they're underrated. I think they have the second-best quarterback in the SEC in K.J. Jefferson. I think they have possibly, I'll tread lightly here, the best head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator combo in the SEC. It's at least contending for the best. Uh, with Sam Pittman, Kendall Bryles, Barry Odom. The schemes on both offense and defense, they work. Arkansas did not try to just go like, you know, all cupcake. They went with what's working in college football in 2022, and it's worked. And so I think, again, this is a top 10 caliber team with a top five, tough, like toughest schedule in college football this year. So. They could end up being eight and four, seven and five, and I'm still going to be like they're a top fifteen team. Uh, I don't think they're going to be that bad. Obviously, we we picked that game, but I'll lead with Arkansas. Daniel, what's a team that you think overrated and underrated, even in our rankings? I mean, overrated. So anytime I see these, I love seeing what basically our our system spits out when we put our inputs in, because I have you know my thoughts, you have your thoughts, we put them in. And then it spits out something. And so anytime I see something that's just completely different or, I mean, I'm talking about 10 spots different on my pick. I had Tennessee. I had Tennessee at number 20 this year Uh, going into the season. I feel like that's reason. I'm just in my head. I'm like, this is reasonable. I think that they're right here. I had several SEC teams ahead of them, including Arkansas, Ole Miss, these these other teams. Um, I had them ahead. And Tennessee's ahead of those teams. It's Kentucky. I had Kentucky ahead of them. Kentucky's down at number 20 on this on this list. Um, and so seeing Tennessee at number 10, my first thought is, all right, either Jacob is ranking them number one or, <laughs> or 
there's a lot of great numbers to back up the fact that Tennessee's a good team. So I sometimes when I see this, my first thought is, oh, crap, have I overlooked something? Um, because, you know, a lot of times, you know, you and I talk about, Jacob, when the public's thinking something, it's a lot of times it's the opposite or it's at least a varied version. There's a ton of people who are on Tennessee. So in my mind, I'm like 20, I feel like it's good, you know, put them there, let them keep playing the season and then, you know, see, see where they go. Cause I do think after, after five weeks or so, we're going to know what, what this Tennessee team's all about. Uh, and seeing them at number 10, I mean, you can't spell Tennessee without 10 and they are up there. So. Uh, this is funny. So to answer your question, a little bit of both power ratings do love Tennessee. And this is coming from the offense being I'll reference SP plus specifically here. Uh, the offense was a top 10 offense at college football last year. And that was in the install year right. when they messed around with quarterback for the first few games. So the, the bet is that a lot of these pieces are back and the offense is going to take a step forward again and be a top five offense in college football. That's kind of what the power ratings are putting Tennessee at right now. I did have Tennessee at 12 for what it's worth. So again, that's just one input, but uh it it's wasn't fun. number one. Okay. They still want the fact that they are higher than what you put them at shows how great the numbers feel. Cause I put them at 20. So. Uh, I'm looking at other teams that you and I had vastly different opinions on. I'll, I'll point out one Penn state, Penn state. I had, you had unranked and I had at 14. So are you just like buying that the last two years, are a trend and am I just ignoring it? Or it was yeah, less, State? it was less about Penn state and more about, I think there's, you know, cause we've talked about how, you know, we pick 25 teams, but there's really 40. I think Penn State's right. a top 40 team. I think they're a good team, but I think that at least starting out, there's a lot of other teams I wanted to highlight on my top 25 that I just felt like they're probably, they were probably a top 30 team for me. So they're probably just outside of. So when I when I hear unranked, I, I shrivel up because I'm like, oh gosh, yeah. I don't think it, I don't think poorly. Had them, yeah. But the, I I think it's more about there is a great field of teams. I think there is a small elite group at the top. I think they're, you know, four through, let's say twelve is a really good group right there in the upper middle. You know, and then after twelve. In my mind, I think there there's is like a, 30 teams. There's a great group of teams, and I just had some other teams that I, I'm just a little bit higher on. There may have been like a reason here, a reason there. Penn State as a program, as a brand, coaching, all that kind of stuff, they're kind of reserved to be in that upper group. They have to have a discernible difference, though. They have to have a player that I am just overwhelmingly like, that dude, I'm going to be turning on a Penn State game every week to watch that. You know, they had Saquon Barkley or – you know, Jahan Dodson last year, or, you know, that, you know, I mean, Noah Kane transferred, but I mean, Sean Clifford, I'm just not turning it on for Sean Clifford. Um, they have to have a five-star that I'm begging to watch, uh, you know, and I hate to just say it's just about rankings, but, you know, they, they, they lost some guys. I'm interested to see what they do. If they win week one against Purdue, which, you know, that's probably going to be one of big our game. picks. Cause that's a great big, you know, big game for both of those teams. Um, yeah, I'll probably be on them, and they'll start creeping up. But, yeah, it's more about other teams. Uh, Mississippi State was another one. Again, with that filter of 
I was just higher in, on Mississippi State than you were. I will just say my piece that I think Will Rogers, top five quarterback in conference, I think you could argue top three. For me, Mississippi State is going to be – we've picked this team already. I think this is a 7-5 team because I think someone in the SEC West is going to be a top 20 team that just takes some losses because there's a lot of top 20 teams in the SEC West. So, uh, But their defensive line, if they go 8-4, and 9-3, it will be because this defensive line played as like the third best defensive line in the SEC. I think that will be the difference with Mississippi State this year. So I love their D line. NC State's another one. Uh, NC State, I had ranked a lot higher. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a buyer of NC State. We've talked about it on the preview. USC, I get it. I get it. And USC is is unranked. I'll say they're underrated. Uh, in our top 25, but the power ratings have no idea what to do with two teams, Daniel. It's USC and LSU. They have no idea what to do with those two teams because there are two teams. I mean, you got, USC, ratings, I got LSU. That's right. Power ratings are still catching up to what the transfer, transfer portal can do. And it is impossible because power ratings look so much at trends and giving players returning like value production. and returning production. Yeah. And LSU and USC don't have any of that. But those programs were more USC, I'll say, affected by the portal. I think LSU, it's hard to power rate a team that just quit last year, like that has a lot of talent, but just literally quit. Um, so it'll be fun to see, especially the first few weeks, how much the XPR changes mm. because it can change very quickly as soon as, as, soon as we start getting – like Some present data. data. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that'll be fun to watch because I think it'll change a lot quickly. After that, I think it's going to settle down because you start getting some data, even after a few games, that data can start to, you, you can, you can tack on to how good teams are. Right. Uh, what you can't count on is 18 to 22 year olds showing up week in and week out. So that'll be, that's why we watch the games annual. That's why we don't just sit back here and look at our statistics. So I am pumped for the season. Uh, again, 13 days, man. 13 Jacob, who days. did you put at number four when you put it in? Because I think we both have the top three in different orders. Uh, yes. Most everybody's going to have those top three, I would imagine. Who Who is your fourth team that you put in? Clemson. Okay. I believe I had Notre Dame. No, no I had a and I had Texas A&M. Um, yes. Yeah, you had a Texas A&M. But uh, my argument was going to be because when I saw Michigan – was populated i'm thinking four through eight on our rankings i'll you know michigan clemson texas a&m notre dame oklahoma like that group is one i think they're one in the same they are fractions apart um you know as far as what because i do think that those first three are kind of set apart um and a lot of that goes to like well we haven't gotten it out yet Team talent composite, it comes out for 24-7 sports here in a couple weeks. Um, and then the blue chip ratio alone, though, is a good indicator. And those top three teams, you know, Georgia, uh, Alabama, and Ohio State are all, you know, the highest three teams. And it's a, a big gap after that. Those That next group, though, those are all teams that are very good and could have an upswing year and go to the playoff and it not really shock anybody because they've been regulars 
in the top tier of college football um, or, or touching that top tier at least. So anyways, there's, there's a lot of good teams that we could see emerge as great this year. We could, I, I'll agree with you and go one step further. I think four to nine, I think you could kind of have in any order here minus the talent thing. I think Utah has a talent disadvantage that four through eight don't on our rankings, but Hey, be sure to check those out on our social media at the extra point pod. Uh, on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow him on Twitter at Deep South Daniel. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Carnes with a K. We will be back next week with our national championship predictions, college football playoff predictions, coach of the year, Heisman, bowl predictions for the season. So we'll talk all our, get our last picks in, and the next episode we'll be picking real games. But that'll do it for this edition of the Extra Point. He is Daniel. I am Jacob.